Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 395 for Tuesday, the 14th of April 2015. It's so nice to see you. Uh, we've been receiving a ton of viewer questions over the past little while. Last week, we were really <laughs> planning to tackle your viewer questions. We really want to help you out. Um, mm-hmm. And we ended up running short on time, and we got through three. I think we did an effective <laughs> job. Andrew Jameson was on Twitter yes, and said yes, that he yes. was appreciative of the help that we gave. Oh, good. Uh, but uh, tonight, we're going to try to get through that mailbag because uh, there are more and more emails coming in to mm-hmm. live at Category5.tv. All right. Sasha Dermatis, I'm going to switch over to you. How are you? I am well. Here's what's coming up in the Category5.tv newsroom. Oh, I am well, but my screen is not. We've had one of those kind of (laughs) starts to the show tonight. That's okay. I can recover this. Yeah, of course. On the fly. Let's see here. Should be working now. Yes. Here. Okay. (laughs) Here we go. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, Sasha, how's it going? It's going so well. Here's what's coming up in the Category 5.tv newsroom. Oh, really? How can this be? (laughs) (laughs) You're joking, right? That's the code word for freeze now. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I won't say the intro part anymore. No, that's the jinx. Yeah. Okay. Okay, let's see here. (laughs) The FBI... Holy Welcome Hannah. to our live broadcast, folks. <laughs> nice to see you. The FBI is warning WordPress users to expect ISIS hacks if you don't patch your plugins. Oh. Ubuntu Mate has inked its first hardware deal. Amazon has sued four firms that pay people to produce reviews that then appear on the online retailer's site. The U.S. government has refused to let Intel help China update the world's biggest supercomputer. And LinkedIn has bought U.S. online learning business Linda for $1.5 billion, making it the professional networking site's biggest acquisition to date. Stick around. The full details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Starring Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble. Krista Wells. Eric Kidd. And your host, Robbie Ferguson. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show. My name's Robbie Ferguson. And I'm Hillary Rumble. How are you? We're wonderful over here. Yeah, so Keeping nice to see real. you. Yeah. Funny start to the day, though. <laughs> so we've fired up our camera, as we mm-hmm. always do, and, mm-hmm. and getting everything set up. And we set up our shots and everything. And the power supply unit on our yeah. main camera is dead. And it's fairly new, so it's under warranty, I'm sure, but we're going to have to figure that out. So we're on battery power, and at some point tonight, the camera will turn off. 
Whoa. We're going to try to avoid yes. that strategically. Yes. Because, you know, when the news is happening, I'm going to run over. I'm going to change the battery. I plugged in a battery to the charger here so that it's fully charged. And it, so it's kind of nuts around here at the studio because we're, we're like dealing with that kind of thing. So we we've never had we've never had to run the DSLR off of battery no. power. I would not trust it for a live broadcast <laughs> unless I was a little crazy. <laughs> it's like the show must go on, right? So if we have any technical problems tonight, folks, bear with us and forgive us, but uh, we are committed to making sure that you have at least a broadcast of some sort mm-hmm. every single week. And that's how we do things around here. 395 weeks of it. And Incredible. Unbelievable. Just like, wow. Blows my mind. Yeah. That's the beauty of live television, though, folks. We love to keep it real, do lots of wild stuff. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. Did you know that? If it's tech, it is here. You can check that out at cat5.tv slash IA, or no, TPN, Tech Podcast Network. And we're also a member of the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Now that website is cat5.tv slash IAIB. Sasha has coffee coming out of her nose. I know. And and that one can't be chalked up to technical difficulties. That was eyeball difficulties due to my eyeball twitch (laughs) I'm experiencing live on the air. Awesome. It has been a busy week around here. Oh, Fun time. We were here last week. We talked about yeah. some of the stuff that we were going to be doing uh, this past weekend. Do you want to share a little bit about uh, what we were yeah, up to? Yeah, for sure. And hello to anyone who is viewing tonight that yes. uh, was not or that was a part of the event this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Welcome. So yeah, what we did was um, we brought a bunch of the kids that I sometimes work with um, who are deaf or hard of hearing and have some degree of hearing loss, and we did like a film making 101 film fest workshop because we will be submitting a film to the toronto international uh, deaf film and arts festival um, happening in may so the group of kids they learned about basics of storytelling how to do a storyboard basic uh, comprehension with like how to shoot a camera and then ultimately they created a music video how cool it was, was that? Awesome. I think one of the, the amazing things about having Category 5 Studio D is that we can open up mm-hmm. to the community and welcome uh, organizations to come and, and participate in, in our studio. And, uh, and that's pretty cool. Actually, you brought a letter that, uh, yeah, that arrived for us from today. From the gang. You want to give that? This, this came to us from the kids. Yeah. And this is as much your thing as, as it is ours because you're so much a part of. Category 5 TV and and the studio project and being here at Studio D. So this is what the kids said. Dear Robbie, our Film Fest music video workshop was a huge success. Thanks to you. Thank you so much for allowing us to use the Category 5 Technology TV studio. We loved being able to be in a real studio, use the green screen, and learn about movie making. Thank you for also helping us to film and edit the music video. We are so excited to see it and become famous. (laughs) We appreciate your willingness to want to help us kids with hearing loss and teach us about media and technology. All in all, we appreciate your desire to partner with us and support us in a very real and tangible way. With thanks, the kids from the Children's Rec program. How can we make them famous? Maybe by sharing a little footage with you at home? I think we could do that. Thank you for the letter. That was very kind. Yes. Yeah. Would you like to see some clips of behind the scenes? 
check it out. Let's All right. see what we were up to. Here we are. I'm setting up the green screen shot. So we've got the chroma key. Uh, it's live chroma key. So we're actually able to take the green screen out of the shot and put any scene behind. So you see I've got a, a video of the Barry waterfront here that we can use. We've downloaded a, a royalty-free beach shot. So I'm going to take that beach shot and I can put that right there. You see that? And I can I can reposition that anywhere on the set. Now, if we have a watch, a little girl's gonna walk by. Look at oh, there she is. Oh, she's on the beach. <laughs> so if she stands in front, there's the green screen here. So I can actually I can turn that off. See that? So there she is, just a little tiny window. I'm gonna reset that so that it's full like that. And now I turn off the green, and she's actually standing on the beach. That's awesome. See that? I love it. So this is all done in real time, live. We don't have to post-process or anything. We're going to record it to disk and then we're going to edit it after the fact. So Perfect. That's pretty cool. That's great.
almost a wrap here. Slowly getting everything together. Gotta send the kids home. It's been a long day, but a great day. I wanna take my car. That was fun. That was fun. So what thank you, Robbie, for all your help, for using the studio. The kids loved it. Like, they were losing their minds. I saw the green screen. They're like, we're at a real studio. We're going to be famous. Like, honestly, they <laughs> loved it. And I could it not have adorable. done it without you. Oh, it was so much fun for them <laughs> and such a great memory, I think, for, mm-hmm. for everybody. So totally uh, thrilled to be able to be a part of that. Thanks for hooking us up that was good (laughs) and thank you to everybody who participated in the uh, filmmaking 101 Mm -hmm. that was a lot of fun good times good good. times okay welcome to the show everybody i know that uh now we warned you off the top we may have some technical difficulties tonight Mm -hmm. and uh that's to be expected just because of some of the issues that we have had uh but we uh the show must go on and so here we go we've got your viewer questions i think uh, if we can jump right into those and just keep in mind if the camera shuts off halfway through the episode i've got more batteries i'm going to go and switch it out so i think we'll be okay um just bear with us as we deal with uh, the Mm -hmm. fact that our power supply has gone out and we're running from batteries tonight but hey, I mean, if we can do that, then we can do this from a beach somewhere. We can do That's this from the goal. <laughs> uh, maybe like a canoe. Maybe we could broadcast from the canoe. How's that sound? I, I'm down for that. Yeah. If the batteries hold up, then we'll know. This is a test. Yeah, this is, this yeah that's exactly right. Here, this is our so. test. Yep. Thank you for being a part of science <laughs> live yeah. on the air. There we go. All right. Well, hey, guys, I got uh, some questions Cheers. here. Do you want All right, to let's just do it. dive yeah, right let's in? Let's get right into it. Beauty. Okay. John D. writes to us saying... Hey, John. Robbie mentioned before protecting against DDOS. Yeah. Coincidentally, another podcast mentioned it that very same week when you're talking about it. Um, that was the site was the host of DDOS. Okay. DDOS is distributed denial of service. It's an attack where a whole bunch of computers are generating traffic on your server in an attempt to bring down the server. Hmm. Right. So if your server is used to being able to handle, say, a thousand requests a a second, and all of a sudden it's getting bombarded by a million, what happens? Legitimate traffic can't get onto your website. So if they're being DDoSed, it means a lot of computers are attacking it all Uh, at once. I was just confused by the verb tense of DDoSed. Past tense, past tense of a of distributed denial of service attack. Yeah. So sorry, guys. The verb. Us geeks, we make up words based way. on acronyms. Anyways, so you're just wondering <laughs> what is involved in protecting against such an attack if it doesn't oh, reveal okay. too much. And we're generally, are we talking about servers then, I guess? Does not really mentioning now a DDoS is generally not going to happen to a workstation, right? Your your computer. I mean, I, I shouldn't really generalize like that, but really, there's no reason that anyone would DDoS a computer if you're just an average Joe user. What, mm. what a DDoS is built to do is to try to compromise networks and um, websites, web hosting providers and things like that. So, um, so if I, for example, host a website that, um, that you know, is a government website or a mm-hmm. podcast that is competing with another podcast. And so, so we get DDoSed because you maybe we're, you know, better, duh. something like that. So they're trying to take you out. 
So does that mean? <laughs> yeah. So does that mean that okay, somebody is sitting there and going, "Oh, I want to attack your server. I want category five got DDoSed." So that means somebody attacked category five. Well, mm-hmm. r- realistically, these days in today's web uh, infrastructure, people get infected with viruses, and those viruses simply seek out vulnerable web servers. So this is done through IP address port scans. Um, So servers are found that just happen to be exploitable. And then these viruses, which may be on 10,000 computers all at once, now say, let's hit that IP address because that one's vulnerable. Hmm. So it could be completely anonymous, as is the case with, with a lot of hack attacks these days. Now, that said, there are a lot of times when, you know, if it's, say, a government website, it's probably more specifically targeted at that website, just using that as an example, versus the guy who's running a blog and is getting DDoS attacked, right? Mm. It's, it's, not, it's not likely to be targeted in that instance. So how do you protect yourself? Your server has to have good uh, firewalling. I had a customer who said, I've got antivirus and still my websites are getting attacked. Hmm. They got a Windows IS, IIS server and that server is constantly coming under attack and it's vulnerable because there are so many attack vectors that can be hit. Now, I don't use Windows for serving anything. Um, all my servers are going to be Linux based and that's why you know Linux is predominant in the web server uh, arena because and there's a reason for that it's not just mm. because hey we like free stuff when we build servers <laughs> no it's it's really robust and it's really um, there it's not a f- it's a little different because it's not a desktop operating system running as a server in quite a few cases for example my server there's no monitor on it there's no it's called a headless server so mm. there's no there's no um, desktop if you were to plug in a monitor, it'd just be a black screen with letters on it. It basically like you know old school DOS, if you will, if you're familiar with that interface as far as the look of it. So, huh. so on that server, on your Linux server, you can look at things like CSF slash LFD using IP tables to automatically determine if somebody's trying to hack into that server or attack that server through DDoS. And then what it does is it blocks the IP addresses of the users who are subjecting you to that attack or port scans and things like that so that's helpful but in those instances the attack is still getting to the server so Mm. csf lfd ip tables will block the attack as it's happening but the traffic is still get pardon me it's still getting to the server so there's still cpu resources being used in order to thwart that attack and that's sometimes how they can take you down So then the next step, so it's all, it's, it's a tiered kind of protection thing. The next step is your firewall. So when your server is connected to the internet, it has to be connected through something. Mm-hmm. You're probably not just plugging it in directly to the internet. You've got a hardware firewall, right? So with a good robust firewall, say it'd be a monowall or uh, something along those lines, you're going to be able to um, set up um, filtering of types of traffic make sure that you're you're protecting your server so that some of that traffic will actually stop when it gets to the firewall and it will never actually get to the server right 
So then the server is not serving up any resources. It's already, th- it's already right. thwarted before yeah, it gets okay. there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then the next step is something that never even allows that traffic to reach your network. That's where something, for example, a really good example is Cloudflare. Okay, mm. so if you go to cloudflare.com, um, it uses uh, DNS redirects in order to thwart the attack at the DNS level. So when I go to sashadermatis.com, she's got her own site? She does. I love your new blog, by the way, Sasha. Wow. Thank you. I gotta check this out. It's a pleasure to have you here. Can I try zooming in on you? Yeah, could you? I just want to, like, see. Whoa. There we go. You did it. I did it. And there's the auto exposure. Someone was mentioning the auto exposure. See, because when you zoom in, it it flickers a little bit. Okay. That's that's the auto exposure. Okay. I'm new to the cameras, everybody. You're doing great. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Um, So, sorry, her site, yes. So, when (laughs) I go to sashadermatis.com, the traditional way a thing would be DNS says her servers at this IP address and serves up the website. Well, that's really, really vulnerable because it's a direct target mm-hmm. for, for that. So instead, sashadermatis.com, the DNS record points to Cloudflare. Cloudflare then filters based on huge – they're a content distribution network. Mm-hmm. So they're able to use a huge amount of processing power that I would never be able to afford. I couldn't have that many computers. Like, imagine the power of Amazon at your fingertips. It's such a powerful network of computers. So, so they look at things like, hey, have we seen this IP address before? Has this IP address ever tried to hack a, a server before? Is this coming from a malicious person? Are they, mm. are they doing something malicious? Are they trying to port scan? They will determine that stuff before it forwards it to my firewall. And Cloudflare will then stop that traffic if it deems it to be malicious or if it's regular traffic like you going to sashadermatis.com, it's going to just let you through. And because it's a content distribution network, it does it very quickly because they also have caching. So uh, a couple of there are three different levels to that type of protection for a DDoS attack. That's uh, you know a real simple rundown, but it starts at the DNS level, works to your firewall, and then gets to your server. There have to be at least those three levels three. in order to protect yourself. All right. Thank you for your answer. My pleasure. Thanks for the question. Yeah, I loved getting that. That was a good one. Next question. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Movie buff is... I can't actually do it, so I'm just, <laughs> I have to make the sound effects. Anybody have any celery? <laughs> Oh, my word. <laughs> Question from Movie Buff. Hey, Movie Buff. Well, actually, more of like a statement. Oh, good. Slash a consideration. All wondering, right. um, well, firstly, loves the show. Wow. Thanks. Um, wondering about some of these cameras as potential options for the studio. Okay. Which is funny. I would start with one that has a reliable <laughs> power supply. Yeah. Although battery backup is a good option. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Anyways, both uh, these cameras have clean HDMI outputs. We got a Panasonic FZ1000, okay. Sony A5100, nice. Panasonic GH4, yeah, okay. and Sony oh, X70. Off a bunch of, so these are 4K cameras. Four okay. potential... Yeah, I don't know. Just some considerations, maybe? Sure. Now, of course, we want to upgrade our cameras big time we we're, we're doing to. the stepping stone yeah. thing mm-hmm. um and we appreciate uh, those of you who have contributed and even this week we've had contributions come awesome. in specifically 
to help us upgrade to a 4K oh, camera. That's great. So right now we're using a 1080p DSLR, a Nikon mm-hmm. D5100 that has the Nikon hacker firmware, and it works great. The power supply is dead. Did I mention that? <laughs> um, okay, so looking at this list, uh, so these are some of the cameras that are being recommended to look at by Movie yeah. Buff. So starting with, what's the first one? Panasonic FZ1000. Okay, so the FZ1000. The DSLR that we're using right now has a one-inch sensor. Okay. So it's a full-size optical sensor, very good quality, and we're going to pull in a lot of light. Uh, The FZ1000 has a sensor that is about a quarter of that size, so it's actually a much, much smaller image sensor. So even though you're getting 4K Hmm. um, video recording and 4K um, output over HDMI, the sensor is so small that the quality of that 4K video is actually quite potentially going to be less than the quality of our one-inch sensor oh. at 1080p. Hmm. So, when, And when you think about scaling, considering the show is 720p, because of the size of that sensor, to shrink that down to 720p would be lesser quality, less sensor data, right. than our one-inch 1080p mm-hmm. sensor. Okay. So that would be a, an automatic no. I wouldn't go with that camera, mm-hmm. the FC1000. Um, and the sensor is a big deal. Think of, think of this when phones first introduced 1080p video. How good was the quality compared to, say, uh, 1080p DSLR? Right? Think about that. Think about the sensor size and the quality mm-hmm. difference between those yeah. two examples. So I may have uh, an iPod that boasts 1080p video, and it, for what it is, it's okay. It yeah. does pretty good. It's nice to have for the convenience of it. And same thing goes for things like the GoPro and stuff like that. But the, the quality is so much less than, say, a DSLR right. with a larger sensor that it's noticeable, even though the resolution is the same. Mm-hmm. So the file size, the vi- visual resolution is the same, but the sensor is not. Hmm. Next camera was the A5100, which would be much more expensive. Um, So out of our price range, our price range, like looking at the next one on the list, the GH4 would be uh, a nice DSLR 4K camera body. Uh, Cost about $2,000 plus another $1,000 for the lens. So it's pretty pricey as well. Uh, You can get cheaper lenses. We could probably find some Corex stuff or something that's pretty universal that would work on that camera. Uh, but it is still fairly expensive. But that's probably the way I would lean. The GH4 okay. has exceptional image quality. You know that the new studio uh, uh, with uh, with um, Hack fi- Hack Five is it Hack Five? Yeah, sorry, I'm getting confused with shows. But um, so Hack Five um, put in some GH4s. They look great. Um, they're recording at 1080p. So you know how how you do it uh, so with the 4k we could do a lot more and the nice thing about a 4k is that we could do digital zoom for example i could zoom in on me right now or you as you're talking <laughs> digitally but because oh, we have a 4k yeah, yeah. shot to work with we can move around in there losslessly and we'd have a perfect image and it would cool. look really really great even without having a camera guy here yeah, tonight yeah. so Huh. Uh, although you're doing a great job, Sasha. Uh, she's frowning. She's like, I like, did a great about, job. I am so scared of zooming in and focusing. And I'd be more f- afraid of the battery dying. 
Well, I'm, <laughs> that's the number one. For here. me, that's the relief that I don't have to deal with the camera anymore. It's up to you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so God, all that Bird. to say, uh, Movie Buff, thank you for your your uh, contributions to, to the thought processes yeah. that go into these kind of plans. Really, a lot of consideration co- mm-hmm. goes into you know purchase deci- decisions here. Totally. Uh, we have to be very wise with, uh, and I do my absolute best to be a uh, good steward of the money that is provided to us by our viewers mm-hmm. through donations and advertising and we do our best to to make the show look and sound as good as possible uh with the budget that we have so so i really look at the price versus because that that panasonic entry level 4k is really cheap two thousand bucks or eighteen hundred bucks for a camera that has the lens built in and everything and it's uh, camcorder form factor Mm -hmm. but the quality is a real Unfortunately, the sensor just says no. So we take so many things into consideration, and, and that's, that's a big part of it. So cool. um, check out my blog, baldnerd.com. Even though you know, some of the information is, is looking dated as far as the date on the blog goes uh, when it comes to upgrading our camera on Category 5, just note that the reason that it's an, it's getting older is simply because we're, raising a, we're trying to raise a lot of money. Yeah. So it's, it's been an ongoing process, mm-hmm. and that those funds are slowly... Uh, trickling in, so um, you can help with that if you've got the means to throw a thousand or ten thousand our way. Then feel free. You know, we'd love it. That would we'd be fine, it. and we'll just go GH4 all the way, or maybe a. You know what? The ideal camera would be the uh, the new Studio 4K from Blackmagic. That's a beautiful camera for our kind Aww. of environment. Hmm. Nice thing about the GH4 though is that you can also take it out in the field. That's cool. kind of a bonus. Yeah. yeah. So. Cool. Thank you for your uh, email and for thinking of us and uh, help us get our, our gears going and the new improvements, all that is happening with the show on a daily basis, a weekly basis. Man, it's just like wild, all this stuff. So thanks for your email. Appreciate it. All right, we're going to jump over to the, the newsroom, Sasha. Hello. It's Tuesday, April 14th, 2015, and here are the stories we're covering this week. Out-of-date WordPress plugins are being exploited to deface websites with images connected with ISIS. Ubuntu Mate is going to start coming pre-installed on select laptops, desktops, and other computing devices in the UK. Amazon is taking legal action against sites that pay people to post reviews on Amazon sites. With concerns about what they might be using the world's most powerful supercomputer for, the U.S. government has denied Intel the ability to sell their chips to China. And LinkedIn has purchased Linda for $1.5 billion. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. Thanks, Sasha. Okay. Whoa. Very slow transition there. Ah. I forgot to change the camera. All right. You ready for this? I'm ready. Where are you going to host your website? I don't know. Cat5.tv slash dreamhost. Why? Hmm. Do you like a good deal? I love a good deal. $70 per year. Per year. No way. We'll get you unlimited hosting space, unlimited email accounts with unlimited hosted space in those email accounts on a Linux server with Apache, MySQL, (laughs) PHP, 
all the fixins. Everything's up to date. Uh, you've got automatic installers of popular software nice. like WordPress. And Sasha was saying that we're going to be talking about WordPress keeping it up to date. Well, they <laughs> even will automatically update your WordPress blog for you so that it keeps it up to date. Mm. On top of that, they throw in 50 gigabytes of backup storage for your home computers and things like that, personal files. It's off-site backup, absolutely free. So if you've got your home photos and things Ooh. like that, that's available to you and provided at no extra cost. You can also host an unlimited number of domain names at this account. The only extra cost oh. is just buying a cup, you know, buying the yeah. domain name itself, which you can also wow. do through them. Um, unlimited bandwidth, and it's all 70 bucks per year. Maybe I'll do HillaryRumble.com. Well, we'll give it to you for free. HillaryRumble.com. Just now, now, now somebody's going to go register it. But we Don't will give you dare. a free .com as well. So check it out, cat5.tv wow. slash dreamhost. Make sure you use the coupon code cat5tv at checkout. Sasha, back to you. I'm Sasha Dermatis, and here are the top stories from the Category5.tv newsroom. The U.S. Federal Bureau, Bureau of Investigations is urging WordPress users to patch plugins for the popular content management system following a spat of ISIS-branded website attacks. The warning from the FBI follows a number of website defacements in March that affected U.S. and European organizations, ranging from government to community websites, which saw them plastered with images and claims the attackers were linked to the extremist group known as ISIS or ISIL. According to the FBI, the attackers are sympathizers of ISIS, but otherwise not members of the terrorist or terrorist organization. Holy Robbie, this is really scary. Now, luckily for me, my WordPress is always up to date, mostly thanks to you. (laughs) (laughs) Not necessarily thanks to me, but um, I can't even imagine ISIS getting on in. Well, Well, and here's the thing. We we touched on this a little bit earlier tonight on on Category 5 Technology TV, um, talking about how these kinds of attacks, even though the news... And, and we try not to spin it that way, but it is just a news story that yeah. we're covering. Um, spins it in such a way that it sounds targeted, like ISIS is putting this up on your website. Well, no, it's very unspecific. They found yeah. vulnerable WordPress websites using scripts and bots that go out on Google, go out on hmm. Bing and whatever, and they find sites that are running WordPress, and it's easy to compromise a site running WordPress if it's out of date. So it's not a specific attack whatsoever hmm. that kind of attack happens just because you're out of date and that's why you need to keep your wordpress blog absolutely current oh hey do you want to hear some great linux news do i ever despite a plethora of fantastic desktop linux distributions only a select few are available to buy pre-installed on laptops desktops and other computing devices Ubuntu Mate, the most recent member of the Ubuntu family, joins this esteemed club. It has announced a partnership with UK-based computer reseller Entroware. The deal Beautiful. will see Tux The deal will see Tux enthusiasts able to purchase Entroware laptops and desktop PCs with Ubuntu Mate pre-installed and with full support from the company. Both Entroware and the team behind Ubuntu Mate say that they are excited by the partnership. This is a great thing, isn't it, Robbie? Yeah, I think it's exciting because, you know, to be able to walk in, uh, not necessarily walk into a physical box store, but actually be able to buy a prefab computer that has Linux on it. And Mate is, of course, and, we're, and I told her to say Mate, folks. 
for those oh. of you who are like, it's Mate. Um, put an accent. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> we're can- Canadian, right? If it doesn't have an accent, it's Mate. Um, so uh, just the, the, what the impact that that has on the Linux using community and the ability to get your hands on a computer for cheap that it doesn't have the license of Microsoft Windows. I think that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Not only is it mate, but it's all in cap lock, so I should be yelling it. It's like mate. <laughs> it's Ubuntu mate. It's exactly I like mate because mate I am an old school or... user. I like I like the whole GNOME two interface and the way that it works. That's just the way I right. roll. I'm happy. Amazon has sued four firms that pay people to produce reviews that appear on the online retailer's site. The company alleges that the paid opinions undermine its review system, which customers believe come from unbiased sources. Hmm. Amazon is seeking damages from the four sites and wants them to stop producing the reviews. Amazon alleges that the paid reviews were being placed on its site at a slow rate designed to outwit the detection system it ran to spot such content. In its legal papers, Amazon said it verified its allegations by surreptitiously paying one of the services to write reports about the products. This resulted in them getting glowing reviews. Since the legal action was filed, two of the sites named have gone offline. Those still operating have yet to comment. You know what I was thinking? Is Mm. that maybe the glowing reviews were warranted. Maybe the items were actually really great. (laughs) (laughs) Just maybe. Just maybe. You never know, right? Yeah. Amazon's smart and they are really honest, I feel. So they they found people saying really great things about them and they're suing them. So that's kind of (laughs) awesome. I think. You know what it is, though? What? You know what happens is that companies will hire people to go and post Mm -hmm. fake reviews. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, if I was a manufacturer and I could pay, it's kind of how Lady Gaga paid to have a whole bunch of people watch her music videos on YouTube so that the view count would go up. Well, yeah, they're legitimate views, probably, possibly, <laughs> but you're buying them. So it's dishonest and it's you're, you're yeah. exploiting the technology in order to... to make your channel look good um so to post reviews that are just paid for is is pretty unfair to the guy who's posting legitimate reviews for sure however if you're a camera company and want to give us a camera we will review it yes. positively. Yeah. that's different that's review. different because we will actually try the product <laughs> and give an honest unbiased review but we'll give you five out of five stars if it's a 4k <laughs> The U.S. government has refused to let Intel help China update the world's biggest supercomputer. Intel applied for a license to export tens of thousands of chips to update the Tiani 2 computer. The Department of Commerce refused, saying it was concerned about nuclear research being done with that machine. Separately, Intel has signed a $200 million deal with the U.S. government to build a massive supercomputer at one of its national laboratories. The TNE2 uses 80,000 Intel Xeon chips to generate a computational capacity of more than 33 pentaflops. A pentaflop is equal to about one quadrillion calculations per second. Fast. According to the Top 100, an organization that monitors supercomputers, the TNE2 has been the most powerful machine for the past 18 months. 
This year, the Chinese machine was due to undergo a series of upgrades to boost its number-crunching abilities past the 110 petaflops. The upgrade would largely depend on new Intel Xeon chips. The chipmaker informed the U.S. authorities of its involvement with the upgrade program and was told to apply for an export license. Although Intel has been denied to s- the chance to sell its Xeon chips to China, the company has signed a large deal to build an Aurora supercomputer at the Argonne National Laboratory in Illinois. When finished, that machine is expected to have a peak performance of 180 petaflops. Wow. Petaflop is my word of the day. Um, I can't even imagine why you would need computational superpowers such as that, except I'm not. Maybe you're thwarting or creating DDoS attacks. Oh, this is true. (laughs) 180 million or something petaflops. (laughs) LinkedIn is trying to boost the business content it offers to its 3 million users and has purchased the online learning business Linda for $1.8 billion. Linda, based in California, has made hundreds of videos that teach subscribers everything from coding to business skills. Oh, I could learn some coding, maybe on Category 5. Um, <laughs> subscribers we'll give it to you for free. For exactly. <laughs> subscribers pay $375 per year to access the tutorials. Although the company was founded nearly 20 years ago, it has expanded rapidly in the past two years, adding several languages to its video offerings and increasing outside investments. Shares in LinkedIn rose more than 1.5% on the New York Stock Exchange after the news of the acquisition was released. So there you go. I mean, maybe somebody will buy Category 5 Technology TV for $1.5 billion some point. Uh. Not for sale, though. We're not for sale. No. We love it here. (laughs) (laughs) For all your tech news with a slight Linux bias, visit the Category5.tv newsroom at newsroom.category5.tv. For the Category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis. Thank you, Sasha. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Robbie Ferguson. Now I'm Hillary Rumble, hanging out today and asking the tough questions. We're still on battery power. The battery has not died. Yes. So we're like, should we change the battery? We'll see. <laughs> we'll, just let it, we'll just let it go. As soon as it shuts off, we'll know. Then we'll know, yeah. Ready with more questions? Oh, yeah. Great. All right, here we go. Graham. Wondering hey, Graham. about using Wirecast to record and stream a live event. Will I be able to use three DL, D, DSLR cameras as my cameras in Wirecast and then switch between? Yes, if you have the appropriate hardware to do so. So you would need to have three capture devices. So, okay. uh, for example, we use the Magewell capture cards. So um, you want to make sure that these are internal PCI Express cards, mm-hmm. most likely. Um, rather than external USB devices. The reason for that is that USB is a resource hog as far as your CPU goes. So if you had three HD capture devices plugged into USB, mm-hmm. you're going to max out your USB bandwidth, and it's going to just shut right. off and not mm-hmm. work. Um, if it does work, it will not work well. Hmm. So 
the alternative is to install these internal cards. They're PCI Express, and they're easy to install. You just have to make sure that your motherboard has the support for multiple PCI Express cards. Okay. So uh, I believe they're X1s in most cases. We use a 4K capture card, which is an X4, um, but uh, a, a 1080p card would be an X1. So you're only going to need X1 slots on your on your motherboard. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, look at the specs if you're not familiar with that. It's basically the small version of PCI Express. Um, so that would work. Yeah, and Telestream Wirecast, of course, gives you camera switching with all of your camera sources. So whether they be HDMI, you could throw a, a desktop presenter shot on there as well. What is hmm. it that they're filming? Just said a live event. A live Gave event. no uh, indication. So um, if it's a sporting event... Telestream Wirecast, which you can download a free trial f- uh, for at cat5.tv slash Wirecast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it supports um, live um, tickers as well so that you can actually have scoreboards embedded Ooh, into your video. Cool. So that's all part of that's Wirecast. Neat. Right? That's really cool. So um, that's really neat. Um, in addition, if you're doing an event where there are screens involved, I'm thinking things like a, a presentation where you've got PowerPoint or oh, something see. like mm-hmm. that. You can install Desktop Presenter on that particular computer and then you can pull in that computer screen as a, as a source as well. Yeah. And then you can switch to that when the PowerPoint or whatever it is that you've got totally. going on. Whenever you want to do it. Nice thing about DSLR is that they are available fairly cheap. Uh, they take really good picture, video, and uh, you can put a, a nice long telephoto lens on there fairly cheaply. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you can get from you know you, you can get up there hundreds of feet with perfect lossless quality. So um, you just need somebody to operate the camera, turn off the autofocus because DSLR autofocus is terrible, and then uh, and then see what you come up with it'll be pretty great sasha's willing to come and man your camera at your event (laughs) i would just like to point out that every single question i think so far has been about cameras well we love cameras this is why the show show is starting folks we've got the show show coming soon to our roku channel and also uh there will be a website for it you can get there through category 5.tv um and the show show when it launches is going to be all about broadcasting i love your questions and some of these questions will probably go on to the show show as well totally Mm -hmm. beauty well thanks for your question thank you got another question from dennis kelly regarding a usb mouse hey dk I'm running Linux Mint 17, and sometimes my generic wireless mouse stops working. It seems like all USB ports are not working. Is there a way to restart the USB ports on my laptop? It's a Dell Inspire, Inspirion, Inspirion. I'm gonna just let her. Thirty-one thirty-seven. What do I do? Okay, so it's a Dell laptop, Inspiron. Inspiron. It's mistyped. To be fair. Okay, that's Dennis I thought it, I thought it was Inspiron, but like what do I know, right? I just read the questions. It's all good. Uh okay, so Mint 17 I believe uses UDev. So you could mm. go into the terminal. Um now if your USB itself dies, uh, do you still have keyboard? That's what I'm wondering. So if it's if it's the only the mouse dies, then I mm. wonder if it's like if it's a wireless mouse, if you've got interference or if your battery is low, if you need to hit the connect button, something along those lines. If it's not wireless and you lose USB entirely, I don't know how you would type. So perhaps you could create a shortcut 
No, you wouldn't even be able to control your mouse. How would you do it? How would you do it, man? Like I can tell you, okay, go into terminal and type slash etc slash init.d slash udev, U-D-E-V, space, reload, or possibly restart, depending on the nature of the crash. That will restart your your udev um, service and and Hmm. should reconnect your USB devices. But... How would you type if you've got a USB keyboard and the USB is dead? I would it just would almost seem like your computer's frozen, but it's still going. Throw it out and get a new one. That's my answer. Keep a PS2 keyboard handy. <laughs> Keep it plugged in at all times so that you can type that. Dennis and I would say saying, sorry, create a keyboard, shortcut. The keyboard is working, though. He just told me. Okay, so it's not USB. It's the mouse or the port. Because your USB... USB in your computer most likely is all on the same bus, my man. Um, it's really only the higher end stuff that has multiple USB buses. And well, unless you've got USB two and USB three ports, and mm-hmm. your keyboards are plugged into a different port, your keyboard is plugged into a different bus than your um, mouse. So try different ports. Keep in mind that you know if they're on top of each other, they're guaranteedly on the same bus. So if they are plugged in on top of each other, then you know, okay, well, this has got to be the mouse because the, the ports are on the same bus. It's not the bus that's crashed. It's the mouse, possibly so, the mouse driver, which would be odd. It's funny I mean, because it's you're, the talking, simplest device in the you're universe. talking about a bus and I, a mouse. Is why you know, like beep, beep. A mouse driving a bus. Yeah. Exactly. So my advice was correct, is what you're saying. <laughs> Throw it out again. No, a new the bus one. in the in the USB lane. Crash the bus. <laughs> I hope everybody's okay. <laughs> He's Dennis. Okay, now I see why this gets confusing. Yeah. When a little mouse is driving a school bus, who knows what's going on? Um, okay, sorry, back to biz. Dennis is saying I do have 2.0 and 3.0. I did try plugging into other ports. Yes. And it didn't come back. Throw it out. Your mouse, when it crashes, unplug it, plug it into a different port. Does it come back? If it doesn't, we know that it's the driver. The module that is running your mouse, if the keyboard continues to work. Because if you're plugging it into a different bus, UDAV should say, oh, there's a mouse, and it will detect it, and it will start working. If that doesn't happen, the module that's running the mouse, whatever that may be, depends on the mouse, is crashed. So maybe there's a module that you need to blacklist. It's impossible for me to guess at it, right? You might need to get into the forums Mm -hmm. on Mint 17 and ask them, you know, what what you need to do. Try a different mouse because it could be a different mouse driver and see if that resolves the situation for you. Get a new bus driver. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Uh. Sorry, I don't have a definitive for you, DK, but um, hopefully that kind of lets you see some of the things that it could potential there's some ways to troubleshoot it have another mouse on hand when it crashes unplug the old mouse plug in the other one and see if that one comes up hmm. worth a try yeah thanks for your question and hope it all works out for you good luck i have been no help whatsoever <laughs> <laughs> it's okay all right it's all good another question let's motor through here Life of Pi is writing to us from Life North Pi. Carolina. It sounds like a movie title. I love it. Might have heard it before. Maybe, maybe yes, maybe no. I would like to write a program for my son's homeschool program to calculate his grades the lazy way. 
I guess what I'm saying is input his grades in and then let the program calculate them day by day. What do you think is the best program to use for such a thing? So you just want to take your, your child's grades and punch so. them into the system? Um, write a program. Okay, you're at, uh, I'm confused by the question a little bit because I would like to write a program, which is complicated. True. And I would like to find the easy way. Confusing. So it's, which, which do you want? Do you want it complicated or not complicated? Calculator. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Here you go. Spreadsheet. All right. Problem solved. That's exactly what I want to suggest is install LibreOffice and use Calc. Right? It's free software. Uh, it's a spreadsheet, just like Excel. And uh, set up a nice spreadsheet that does the calculations automatically. So... Um, if you're not familiar with Excel, you can, uh, and I say Excel, it's really all, you know, the sum formulas and yeah. things like that. It's all the same, depending on, you know, whatever program you use. LibreOffice Calc is the program that I would start with, and you don't have to do any programming other than just creating your sums and uh, the, the equations that yeah. figure things out. Give that a go. Beauty. Let me know, okay? Uh, because I'd be happy to even just show you a couple of ideas on how to do that. Good one. Good Thank suggestion. You. That was your suggestion. You answered the question. I've tonight. answered two questions. One, throw out your mouse, and two, <laughs> spreadsheet. Very good. Hillary Show. Okay. Another question. <laughs> Let's we can pump this out for sure. All right. Uh, okay. Chicago. Oh, Waddell Waddell Brooks. Waddell? Waddell Brooks. Hey Waddell. In one of your videos on stream, you connected multiple PCs to or cameras to a PC. Another Sorry. camera question. Way to go! I, I picked it specifically oh, for this just, very reason. Yeah. Can you tell me the name of the equipment the camera was plugged into? <clears throat> okay. In so one, in one, in one, one of, of my videos, <laughs> which will be remain a mystery, out of uh, the three hundred and ninety-five hours of video that you happen to have uploaded mm. in the past seven years. It must be recent because the email just came in recently. Okay. So let's think back okay, well, to we recent had, technology we own. You connected multiple cameras to a PC. I'm guessing, would that have been the Wirecast 1080p demonstration? Maybe. That's using fairly Wirecast recent. with multiple 1080p webcams. We were using some Microsoft Life Cams. So uh, those were Life Cams, uh, which you can get through our shop if you could because that, they're they're decent enough they take very fairly good video oh, yeah we're using a life cam or not a life cam we're using the uh the c920 now from logitech for the newsroom it tends to take a little bit nicer video um but um as far as the hardware goes it's our our broadcast server if you've got a roku you can check out the entire build it's like eight hours long but it's fantastic you learn all the parts that are inside of that server it cool. is it's getting aged now it was a decent server at the time, but it's mm-hmm. still running the show and still doing a good job and holding its own. Uh, it's, a, I believe, a, a quad-core Intel uh, i7 with 16 gigs of RAM, if I recall correctly. Mm. Uh, we've since switched all to solid-state drives. It's all 500 or higher megabytes per second write. So our writing speed is critical because of the way we save the, the streams to disk. Um, beyond that... It's the USB buses, I guess, with the webcams. I mentioned uh, about needing to 
uh, when you use HDMI cameras, you have to have three different HDMI inputs for three mm-hmm. different HDMI cameras, right? Um, and I should mention, maybe look at the deck link too. In that, that just came to mind. I believe you can get one that has four inputs. So that's just a, a, a digression. But with USB, it's a little different because it's so it's such a high CPU hogger. Okay, if you have three webcams all running simultaneously at 1080p, say, which is mm-hmm. the resolution you're probably going to capture at with the current webcam, you are going to need a heck of a CPU. I don't have a CPU that would handle that. Um, so we opt for HDMI. If you're going to do it with webcams, it's just going to cost too much in the, in the CPU department. Uh, you have to also have individual buses. <laughs> Got to have three buses. You have to have three different cards all one for each camera okay you have to have them on separate buses that means separate lanes Mm -hmm. that allow the data to go through the computer you cannot plug three webcams 1080p into the motherboard and and hope for the best it's going to shut off your usb you're going to lose you're going to overload the bandwidth and it's just going to shut off um i also tend to when i'm doing that um, not only do i have separate buses but i also use powered usb hubs so that, and they have to be USB 3, so that um, the power that the camera is using is from the electrical outlet as opposed to from the computer. Hmm. Because the other thing to factor is that if you plug in three USB cameras into the computer, you're going to be drawing 15, right. 15 volts, five, mm-hmm. five volts per, per channel, yeah. right? Uh, not not 15 volts, but because it's all relative. But five volts, five volts, right. five volts, yeah. and and uh, but you get the idea. Like mm-hmm. you'd be pulling a lot of a lot of power from that computer too, which you want to avoid. So I hope that that helps. I stay away from using too many webcams. We use one in the studio here. I wouldn't personally plug in more than that in a, in know. a production environment. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. That's good. Thanks for the question. Any Good other question. questions about cameras? About cameras? I'm kidding. Let's see if there's anything else for me. We only got a few minutes, yeah. Robbie. Oh, we only have one minute. Well, I even have to start the music now. And the battery lives on. Look yeah, at that. Battery for the win. I'm happy about that. Way to go, team. That's good. So we'll probably be on battery power for the next couple of weeks because wow. uh, it's going to take some time to get a new power unit for that camera. Oh. Now we know it lasts an hour. Now we know. And you know what? That is a a fortunate thing. I think that is largely because we've got the 7-inch HDMI monitor Mm. on the camera. So the video preview is happening through a separate powered uh, monitor. And a lot of the drain on the battery is probably the LCD display. That's a good point. So as soon as you plug in HDMI, it turns <laughs> off the display, thereby Ugh, saving thankfully, power. Thankfully, that worked yes. out great. I say that and it's going to die right now no. as we're signing off. Wrap it up, wrap it up. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for your questions. Thanks, Hillary, for helping me get through those. Oh, no, that was a good um, show, guys. And I do know that there are, there are more, right? We didn't get through all of them. So uh, if we didn't get to your questions tonight... We will soon. We will. We promise. We're <laughs> going to do our absolute best to get through as many questions as we possibly can. Because mm-hmm. this show is, is your show, and, and we want to help you out if we can. So thank you, everybody, for uh, being here tonight. Um, a new show is starting on Friday on the Category 5 TV network. It's yes. called New Every Day, and it is starring our good friend, Carrie Webb. 
And also, uh, Jen Wagger is going to yeah. be on the show with her. Awesome. So you remember Carrie Webb from seasons one and two mm-hmm. of Category 5 Technology TV. If you aren't familiar with her, check out episode number 300, where we went back in time with her and learned about uh, where the show had come from. Uh, and uh, tune in this Friday night, neweveryday.tv. Perfect. All right. Well, have a fantastic week, everybody. Bye-bye. We'll see ya. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. 